welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 721. I have studied the Catan for a month. She turned to face me and raised her hands. Are you ready? I could not help but think that she was shorter than me by six inches and old enough to be my grandmother. Her lopsided yellow hat didn't make her look terribly intimidating either. Perhaps, I said, and raised my hands as well. Shaheen came toward me slowly, making hands like knives. I countered with catching rain. Then I made climbing iron and fast inward, but could not touch her. She quickened slightly, made turning breath and striking forward at the same time. I stopped one with fan water, but couldn't escape the other. She touched me below the ribs, then on my temple, softly as you would press a finger to someone's lips. Nothing I tried had any effect on her. I made thrown lightning, but she simply stepped away, not even bothering to counter. Once or twice I felt the brush of cloth against my hand, as I came close enough to touch her white shirt. But that was all. It was like trying to strike a piece of hanging string. I set my teeth and made threshing wheat, pressing cider, and mother at the stream, moving seamlessly from one to the other in a flurry of blows. She moved like nothing I had ever seen, it wasn't that she was fast, though she was fast, but that was not the heart of it. Shaheen moved perfectly, never taking two steps when one would do, never moving four inches when she only needed three. She moved like something out of a story, more fluid and graceful than Felurian dancing. Hoping to catch her by surprise I and prove myself, I moved as fast as I dared. I made maiden dancing, catching sparrows, fifteen wolves. Shaheen took one single perfect step. Why do you weep? Shaheen asked as I made heron falling. Are you ashamed? Are you in fear? I blinked my eyes to clear them. My voice was harsh from the ex exertion and emotion. You are beautiful, Shaheen. For in you is the stone of the wall, the water of the stream, and the motion of the tree in one. Shaheen blinked, and in her moment of surprise, I found myself firmly gripping her shoulder and arm. I made thunder upward, but instead of being thrown, Shaheen stood still and solid as stone. Almost absent-mindedly, she freed herself with brake lion and made threshing wheat. I flew six feet and hit the ground. I was up quickly with no harm done. It was a gentle throw on soft turf, and Tempe had taught me how to fall without hurting myself. But before I could advance again, Shaheen stopped me with a gesture. Tempe has both taught you and not taught you, she said. Her expression, we'll never know because it's the end of the page. 
I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. I like the pastoral names of the yes. moves. Threshing wheat, dressing mm-hmm. cider, mother at the stream. I was also going to comment on the names of the moves. I feel like this is a page in which we get more move names than on any other page so mm-hmm. far. Well, it's such an, a cool way to do a fight scene. These names are evocative of motion and, and they create images in your mind, but they don't describe the specific mechanics of the choreography. So they're kind of perfect for giving you a sense of what is happening and what the fight looks like, but not actually telling you so you can imagine it. Like there, it's it's really quite clever, I think. And I think, Jeremy, this also provides a clue into how they farm. They have wheat. They have cider. No, yeah. They, they have I was thinking that too. Things. Yeah, yeah. That's, and that also rings true because in, I can't speak to Eastern martial arts, but in Western medieval European martial arts, a lot of the, 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 the kind of stances and the moves are compared to things that people at the time would have been familiar with because they were teaching people oftentimes who were illiterate, who couldn't read, um, so the moves all have names like, you know, boar's tooth or the plow or the, you know, the, the, the roof or the, you know, the, the tail, because they're things that like an illiterate person would still be able to kind of picture in their head and go, okay, it looks like that. Cool. That makes sense. I wonder if the way I imagine these things is the same way that either of you would imagine these things. I having not taken any martial arts classes ever in my life feel like I have like no base at all for what these moves should look like I mean I've taken extensive martial arts classes and I think that these like I think most of my ideas of where these come from come from watching action movies or like old Hong Kong movies where they they call out the names of the things as they're doing them hands like knives seems pretty clear to me as like you know that kind of like you know, like like a karate chop. You know, she's making hands like lives. Her hands are out in like kind of like a knife hand stance. Fan water kind of, that to me is kind of like a semi-circular motion of the arm or possibly the leg. But I think because she's blocking, he's blocking around his ribs and his temple, it's probably with the arm, like a, a big kind of sweeping block. But I don't have pictures in my head like that for all of them. And I think part of the joy is that every reader is going to imagine them a little bit differently. I think a choreographer would have good fun with this, though. Yeah, absolutely. This like page is also the origin of the single perfect step, which mm-hmm. comes back on the very final page of this book. So this idea is very, very important and very resonant. Yeah. And like, and this is this also rings true because I have had um, teachers of martial arts tell me like, you know, you don't want to expend any more effort than you absolutely have to. So like, yeah, never move four inches when three inches will get the job done. Uh, you want to be precise because then you'll expend less energy and you'll also look better doing it. It's resonant, but it's also philosophically resonant to so many of the other ideas about ADM culture. Like the Tempe has been trying to impart to quote, like you talk too much, you use too many words you don't need to do that. You can say a lot with only a few words. And Shaheen here, he names like three different techniques that he's using on her and she avoids them all with a single perfect step, right? She doesn't need to do any more than that. 
I think there's a greater thematic importance to this idea also of the, the single step is that in that it's not something that Quoth is wired to be doing. Quoth is someone who wants to bring all of his intelligence to bear on a thing. And like on the previous page, when he talks a whole lot about why the tree is beautiful and Shaheen just goes, it just is. It's beautiful because it is. Um, I think that Quoth, Quoth's training in the, in, in, Ademra, and then even more broadly back in the frame narrative when he finally takes the perfect step at the very end of the book is emblematic of him of putting aside a version of himself who has to overwhelmingly solve a problem with every tool at his disposal and and absolutely like crush a thing and instead is someone who's willing to or able to not just not like do the minimum effort but like in the same way that Shaheen knows exactly how much of herself to give to a thing i'm not even sure exactly what the lesson is but i do kind of feel like well it feels the, the, the lathani right it is it is correct to do yeah only as much as you need to yeah it's right action and it's it's the difference between how they're fighting like as you said jeremy he's throwing all these different moves at her and it sounds like she's just kind of you know barely avoiding them and we've all seen a version of this in a kung fu movie mm-hmm. but I think that this is again a, a bit of a bookend, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if you know, Rothfuss has like a wall with cards on it, and he does like to book. I don't know. I, I the more I read this book on this read, the more I notice the bookends between like ideas and sequences, and I feel like this is a bookend as well. It starts with Quoth using his. Also, hang on a second. He's been studying for one month, and she's like, "Are you ready to?" spar with me and he goes perhaps and this is another moment where i'm like my dude have you never like seen a movie where like, obviously you're not ready i don't to think Quoth has ever seen a movie just to be clear no, but he knows stories right and it's the same thing with Eldon. it's like come on he's trying to teach you like you know he's the wise master and you're the foolish pupil and then again it's here it's like you're not ready to spar with the master and well, it doesn't yeah of course not but he also <laughs> knows that he has to right she's not gonna let him not <laughs> Well, I think he would win. I mean, he could have said no, but still put his hands up. I think I think this is a case where she wants to see what he's got. Right. In the same way that in The Matrix, when Seraph goes like, you can't truly know someone until you fight them. Like, I think she wants to see, like, not only what does he know, but how does he apply it? How does he fight? Does he know about a single perfect step? Perhaps, Jeremy, perhaps. All this is to say that the thing the single step's important. Um, it'll come back a few times in this section of the book and at the very end. Uh, okay, wait. I had one more thing. Um, so, Shaheen's single perfect step and... Or actually, no, wait. I guess the perfect step happens after? Wait, I don't know. Anyway. Um, it, she's so good at fighting, he cries about it. Which yeah. is, like, interesting but confusing. Well, I think Quoth recognizes a beautiful work of art when it is being created in front of him. And as far as he's concerned, that is what Shaheen is as a fighter. And more than that, they've been talking for the last two pages about what is beautiful. Like what is the nature of beauty? And he says to her, like what he's saying to her is like, you like, what we just did, what you just demonstrated was beauty. And it's a magic three. Uh, All the things they talk about. She is the stone of the wall, the water of the stream and the motion of the tree in one. 
So all of those, the, the sum of all those things. I also kind of read this as Kvothe having learned something. Like he's also crying because he sort of understands something about, like maybe she was trying to teach him something or, or. Yeah. Like he sees the single perfect step and he realizes I've been going about this all wrong. Yeah. And I'm not saying that this is like him like crying tears of shame or something, but I do think that it's, it's a very profound experience to be for him to be um, sparring with Shaheen right now. Yeah. He's had like a revelation. Interesting. I have a, I have trouble fully empathizing with this particular like being brought to tears because like I am a person who is brought to tears upon the smallest of things, but I'm having trouble with this particular connection. Maybe it's because I've never fought with someone. I have no idea what that would be like. <laughs> I just think it's deeply philosophical. And I don't think this is meant to be moving to us as readers necessarily. I think that it's fine to not find this moving because it's moving for quotes. And that's what matters. Yeah. There's other yeah. parts of this book that are moving for us as readers. Very good. And I'm that sure I you, can do. I'm sure you cried a fair bit in other sections of the book. Yes. Yeah. Like I, I think Nick's right that we're not meant to cry here, but I do think we are meant to, to understand on some level the experience of seeing something so beautiful that you are moved to tears by it because it's so profound, which I think many people can relate to. Yes, reasonable. And to be fair, this also catches Shaheen off guard, right? She is not necessarily expecting him to answer as he does when he explains why he's crying. And that you know, it doesn't let him win the fight, but it gives him a moment to, like, put his hands on her, which he hasn't been able to do thus far. He startles her enough with his insight that he can touch her, which, frankly, I don't think he or she was expecting to be able to do. Yeah, it feels sort of like, um, what is it? Nope, it's gone. I forget. Never mind. I mean, not to come back to a place of the Matrix, but it's... It's like that moment when Neo and Morpheus are sparring when he moves faster than anyone's ever seen a a normal person move in the training simulation. He gets the drop on him. He still doesn't win that fight. He could punch Morpheus in the face in that moment. Okay, I remember what I was going to say. Yeah. This is like when you play a video game and you're not supposed to be able to win the fight. In what sense? Like, you know, like there's some fights you're just not supposed to win. Yeah, like a, a tutorial. Tutorial, yeah. That's right. And it is after a fashion, right? Like, both is learning something from this and Shaheen is trying to teach him something. And I think that she is impressed or something. Like, certainly she was not expecting to be touched by both at this time. I think you read about that, Jeremy. And just what exactly that means is not clear. But, but hold on. It's not that she's not expecting to be touched because that happens after she's surprised. She's surprised by his insight. And then in that moment of surprise, he uses a move on her and he touches her. And then she kind of absentmindedly, as she has been through the whole scene, breaks his grip and like sends him flying. And I kind of picture her doing that like entirely absentmindedly because what she's really thinking about is, huh, he said something really interesting just then. I probably won't kill him. <laughs> <laughs> well, it ends with Tempe has both taught you and not taught you, right? So, like, you know, you know enough, but you don't know everything. You don't know enough. Also, you know something, but not everything. And I, I think in the next chapter we'll talk about that. Indeed, and I mean to put it into an idiom that we often use, he knows enough to make him dangerous. I think. 
Precisely. Isn't that explicitly why they say they have to train him? Because he knows enough to be dangerous? I think so. I guess we'll find. On tomorrow's. Page. The. Of. Wee. Wee.